Welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Callum. And I'm not Andy. That's right. We're on a slightly different uh, version of the uh, podcast this week because Andy is away, so I am joined by the stat man himself, Bobbles. Hello. (laughs) Very good. Do you know what? Because I'm doing it because it's your first time. Do you want to do M62 and beyond? Can I? Yeah. Right. So we'll start again then, yeah? Okay. Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. I'm Callum. And I'm Bobby. Where we're all about rugby league. The M62 and beyond. Very good. Very good. Well done, young Bobbles. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. Are you? Yes, very well. Um, should mention Andy's away this week on a golfing holiday, isn't he? He is indeed. He's not gone anywhere far. He's only gone to the Belfry, but he's away till Thursday. So Bobby is substituting this week. Yeah, that's right. Are you uh, nervous? I am a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got some big shoes to fill. Yeah. In, yeah. in Andy's disappearance, so... Do you reckon? I reckon you're all right. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon it's quite an easy role to fill in. Oof, not sure you'll like that comment. Well, <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> you probably won't listen. Probably not. <laughs> right, well, um, what have we got coming up in this show then? Uh, so we've got the Super League review of, of this weekend, of last weekend's game, should I say? Yeah. Uh, we've got some stats and some news. Uh, the NRL, as always. Yeah. And I believe we're talking to Giovanni from Team Colostomy UK. Is that right? We are. We are. There's a lot of um, social media presence with Team Colostomy at the moment, isn't it? So they're, they're going to come on and tell us what they're all about and what their plans are for the, the future. There is, which is... Uh, going to be quite interesting phone call. I'm looking it forward is. to it. It is. And also, we're Super League playoffs now. We know he's going to be in the playoffs. So, yeah. um, I think we are going to get our resident Leeds Rhino fan, Jordan, on, aren't we, to have a quick uh, chat about their match against Wigan this week. We are indeed. it uh, be interesting to see what he what he says about them getting into the playoffs to start with and, and how they're going to fare in it all. Definitely. Right. Well... Let us proceed then with Super League, and we kicked off this week's Super League, didn't we, with Castleford v Warrington? We did, yes. What On Thursday night, um, I was a bit surprised to start with, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I didn't expect Warrington to name that strong of a squad. No, I thought they would um, rest a couple of players, but. I suppose good for them. They're heading into the playoffs in good form. Um, that's what they needed, I suppose. Well, I mean, we've had this debate um, over the last couple of weeks, really, on the pod, and whether they rest players or whether they carry that momentum on. And I think Andy made a good. We were talking about Parramatta when we were saying it, and you know, Andy was saying it's a lose lose for the coach because you know if he rests them, it's like, well, why didn't we play him and carry on that momentum? And and if he doesn't rest them. 
and they get injured. It's like, well, why didn't you rest them? So, but they seem to have come pretty much um, unscathed, haven't they? I think Warrington. Um, but they had a blistering start, didn't they? They go twenty six nil up. Yeah, they did. Uh, Got to say, it was a shambolic first half from Castleford. Yeah, not. I mean, I was expecting it to be a real tight affair, real close game, and 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 in the end, really a very very disappointing end for Castleford and the Daryl Powell era. Yeah, it was it was a shame to to see it end that that way for um, for Michael Shenton as well. Yeah, he's, he's obviously going out as as a captain of the club. He's he's played pretty much his whole career there, I believe. I, I think. Yeah, I think he had a couple of years at St Helens, didn't he? Yeah, that was right. And then he moved back pretty much straight away and yeah. became the club captain. Um, but yeah, like I said, just I think that first half really did kill Castleford. Yeah, and they had a, a, a mini comeback, didn't they? I think they got it back to 32-24, didn't they? And, and to be fair, probably did quite well to, to sort of even get that close. But Yeah, uh, the... Tries though they just seemed all the same from Warrington. I think mm. I think that I think going back to that first half, they what was it five four tries? They, they scored three of them, three or four under the sticks. Yeah, it was just the same play over and over again. They just crashed through the line, little inside ball under the mm. sticks. They go. Yeah, um, Matty Ashton got himself an hat trick. He did. I think Jake Mamo got himself too, didn't he? But. I mean, why are Warrington letting Jake Mamo go? It just seems crazy to me that it really does to to Castleford of, uh, as well. I, I think there's, I don't mean any disrespect to Castleford here, but I think there are teams that would be lucky to have him that that would push for a a final. You know, like a grand final. You know, you, I think he would pretty much slot into any side in Super League. Oh, absolutely. I think he's a fantastic all round player, and he, he can play multiple positions as well. Mm. I mean, he's played centre, but this year mainly, but you know he was um, he was at Huddersfield once. He was he was fullback at Huddersfield. Yeah, I think he come over as a fullback, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he's he's just a multi talented player, and I think I think it's a shame they're letting him go so easily. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and also Grant Milliton's last game. At least he got himself a try. <laughs> he did, yes. Um, albeit a a very odd one. I th- he just seemed to sort of. Seemed to land in right into his chest, didn't he? He didn't jump, he didn't move. It was a bit like that Cassiano try at yeah. Magic Weekend. <laughs> just seemed to just, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I'm, I'm sure he'd swap it for a place in the playoffs, though. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> but the, the, the sort of big talking point coming from this match was the Mike Cooper tackle. Yes, it was. The, the, the red card incident. Um, which has now been... The disciplinary has happened, hasn't it? And he's got um, a, a one-match ban. He has, and yeah. And it's caused um, a bit of uproar, I think. It has. And it was. it's very similar to the uh, to the Tommy Makinson incident against Castleford again a few weeks back. And for me, I think it was Liam Watts, wasn't it, that, that got shoulder-charged. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's going down a little bit. He's already had someone round his legs. He is falling. Yes, it's contact with the head, with the shoulder, which is what they're trying to stamp out, I suppose. Mm. But I just don't see on the back of the discipline how you can say, well, one tackle is, is three games and one tackle is, is one game. Mm. Albeit Makinson got it reduced to, to two, but originally it was it was a three-game ban. Yeah. 
So in the interest of being almost fair, do you have to say, well, Mike Cooper gets three games, he can you know challenge it to two like Makinson did, I suppose. But realistically, should Mike Cooper be playing before the what would be the grand final if if not again this season? Well, I think that's what causes upset, doesn't it? The, the inconsistencies with the 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 bands, um, yeah. and and also the big thing, the the other big thing coming from this was that Paul Cullen is his uncle and sits on the the disciplinary board. Oh, really? Is decision. He, I, I I knew he was on the disciplinary board. Is he actually uh, Mike Cooper's uncle? Yeah, apparently it's his uncle. Oh. Right, well, <laughs> which now makes the one match ban sound even worse. But they just they do things that don't help themselves. Surely yeah. he has to turn around and say, "I have to take myself out of this one, and I, you know, get out of this situation." And maybe he did do. I don't know, but because they don't come out and say yes, he has or no, he hasn't, people just assume that he hasn't, and 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 now it's just it looks completely biased. But it does, yeah. it's just the inconsistencies, I think, with with the. The, the the bands that that upset people. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and I think one of the reasons that I I can't remember where so I saw it online on on Twitter somewhere and some you know the the the, the form that they had for the Mike Cooper ban and one of the reasons that they put down for it being a one match ban was that Liam Watts was already starting to fall. When have you ever heard them give that as a reason? No, you haven't. That is, that's the first time I've, I think I've ever seen that. Or, well, you probably told me I didn't see it, so first time I've heard that. Yeah, definitely. But that's um, that's not great, that is it? No, they they they, they don't help themselves, do they? But um, I mean, the the game itself. Going back to the game, just sort of disappointing from from a Castleford point of view, wasn't it? And uh, sad to see the. Daryl Powell not make the playoffs on on a game that they they just completely lost in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was that was the the worst part about that game. I think it could have been a a lot more, um, especially like I said with, with the surprising team that that Warrington then put out. But I think the game could have been a lot more, and just Castleford failed to turn up, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, anyway, that game finished twenty four forty to Warrington in the end. Uh, the next game, um, Leeds thirty six, Hull KR twelve, and a game that that I think could have been amazing turned out to be almost dead rubber in the end with with Cass having lost. Um, these these two teams were already in the playoffs, and I, but to be fair, I thought both teams would have gone all out to try and finish fifth because I would have thought that teams would rather have would would rather play Wigan than they would Warrington. Yeah, I, I totally um, agree. I, and I know there was a lot of points in this game, and there was a few decent, but I just thought it was a bit dull. Yeah, I thought it was um, like you said, a bit bit of a dead rubber game. The it was almost like the players were like, "Oh well, we're in the playoffs, why are we bothering?" Yeah, it, it looked like two teams that were sort of scared of getting injuries. Yeah, um, but I just thought there was a lot of errors and uh, and it was a bit slow at, at some point. Um, yeah. And I think you know, Cass having lost the the previous nights took a lot of the 
emotion out of it. Yeah, definitely. One thing I did highlight, though, and I, I've got to give praise for, was um, Leeds' teamwork. They they seemed to not score a try that wasn't put through the hands or put on a little bit of a play. It, there was mm. no one-man rugby. Cross balls. and yeah, yeah, everything was just... At, at times in the game, the tries especially just came from flowing attack. It was mm. little offloads. There was no, I'm not going down without this ball being flicked out. And it was it was good to see at times. I mean, like you said, it, it caused a few errors and stuff at times. But the tries were, were great to watch, I, I mean, thought. I mean, how many times have we seen Leeds at form at the right time? At, you know, this time of year and... and you know, the, when they've won grand finals and they've won it from fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth, because yeah. they just know how to win those games. And, they, they, you know, they're looking pretty good and they, we're going to have a, a tough job on the hand, I think, this coming week. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, from an LKR point of view, our injury is going to start costing them. I think they lost Parcel, didn't they, during this game? Hull's been out. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah I just feel like injuries are going to be catching up with them a little bit. Yeah, they, they they might find that a little bit harder now. They've done a fantastic job this season, and, and you know credit to them for making these playoffs. But this is where you need your 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 full squad, your big guns coming out. And yeah. I'm I'm sure they'll be up for it, but they're gonna have a hard time at Warrington. They are gonna have a very hard time at Warrington. Um, speaking well, speaking of Wigan, another really good win for Wigan. Winning the the league, beating the we, league leaders, twelve points to eight in in Catalan. Yeah, almost uh, the game I thought we would have got from from Cass and Warrington. Big defense, big runs, yeah. never die attitude. Yeah, that we we want this win. We want to go into the playoffs on a on a high. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did. They they got a, a win over the league leaders, and Catalan squad wasn't exactly you know. Um, week it was it was almost if not full strength. I can't remember if they had a had a few on the sidelines or. Well, resting. I know that the the big news coming out of the the Catalans camp was that Sam Tonkins had, had gone off injured and was in a, a knee brace at the end of the game. So that's you right, know, hopefully yeah. for for them, that's nothing too serious. No, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I, I read that myself today that they were waiting on a on a on a knee scan from him, um, which isn't great but at least he's got a week off I suppose to rest it and and hope for the best for them because he has been their talisman this year yeah I know a lot of people have tipped him for Man of Steel yeah I mean I personally I can't see anybody really past Sam Tompkins for Man of Steel this year I think he's been phenomenal and yeah and 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 a massive reason why they're sitting top of the league yeah, uh, I I totally agree. I think he just seems to have had that that influence on them this year, where they've really looked to him as their leader. And all he's been there. What is he? Is it two years already now? Is this his third year or is it, is it uh, second year? Two or three. I can't remember off the top of it's the head. Something like that. But you know, he's slowly become their 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 leader. And and like I said, this year he's just been you know fantastic. Really. Yeah. Really, really good. I think him and James Maloney are just that the the brain of everything that they do. Yeah, uh, James Maloney has been absolutely phenomenal for the Dragons. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be sorely missed. 
Uh, well, another person who's going to be sorely missed, not just for Wigan, but for Super League, I think, in general, is Jackson Hastings, because I thought he was brilliant again for Wigan. Um, just the best, one of the best scrum in the league. Um, but, you know, what a gent as well. And it's not very often that you see Aussies um, or overseas players come over and care so much about the English game. Yeah, but he does, and I, I think he's going to be such a mess for Super League. Yeah, it, it, the way he's the way he's looked looked for the league, and and you know, really taken to his, you know, he's always active on social media praising the league, you know, stuff like that. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he came back. I think he's I think he's good enough to stay in the NRL. Don't get me wrong, mm. but it wouldn't surprise me if you know one day we did see him back in Super League just because of his his love for it over here. Possibly. I think, obviously, family is a big reason why he's going back over. So, um, you know, always wished him all the best anyway, but um, he's going to be a huge miss. Um, But did you see James McDonald's first try for Wigan? Which one was that again? Remind me of that. Was that the the one that got him to 12 points? Uh, Yeah. Yes. He he bumped (laughs) Matt Whiteley, I think it was. He He just bumped him out of the way and... Dived over, yeah. What a try! What a first try that was. <laughs> I, know, I thought that he broke the line, didn't he? I thought, oh, this is this looks good. And then all of a sudden, all these Catalans players surrounding him. I thought, oh, that's a shame. And he just goes, "Get out my way! I'm I'm having this try. You're not taking it off me." Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fantastic to see the uh, the, the the lad get uh, under the sticks as well. Brilliantly. Yeah, but I tell you what, I have noticed as well about Wigan. It's got a lot better. The defense has been a whole lot better since they got. They got hammered off St. Helens, didn't they? they then they got beat 14-0 off Leeds. Yep. And since then, since then they played Castleford, who won 22-0. Mm-hmm. Then they played Warrington and lost 10-6. Yeah. Um, then they've played, the week after that, they played Hull and beat them 10-0. Yeah. And then they've just beat Catalan 12-8. So in the last, what, four games, they've only let in... 18 points. That's some, it's pretty that's, impressive, really. That's good going for a they team. They haven't scored a great deal. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show that if your defence is on top, more than likely you're going to win. Yeah, I agree. I, it's good to see from you know a team that was, that was mocked a, a few weeks back for their uh, defensive efforts. Uh, they were letting tries left, right and centre and they'd, they'd lost a few games on the bounce because of it and... Yeah, that's that's. A, I think Wigan fans will be feeling around. quietly confident coming into these playoffs. Yeah, I can't blame them. Almost, uh, you don't really sort of label Wigan with this title, but almost a a, a dark horse, if you like. Mm. Just sort of going about the business, getting on with it, and the 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 Leeds and Wigan game will be a a real real highlight, I think, of these playoffs. Yeah, no, I I I think you. You could be right there. Um, Hull, talk to me about Hull because they play Wakefield this week. They played Wakefield this week and got absolutely spanked, forty-four twelve, and they've just completely given up on the last few weeks of the season, haven't they? It's a total collapse. There's nothing else I can really say for it. I was I watched that game. They. They didn't look interested. They looked 
lethargic. They just wanted this season over with. They, you could tell they didn't want to, they didn't want to be there. That was the top and bottom of it. No player on that pitch even remotely looked like scoring, making a break, anything like that. And you know it's bad when David Fafita is taking conversions against you. <laughs> That's a that's a proper Mickey take that one, isn't he it? He nailed it as well, didn't he? That is a proper Mickey take that one. That's um, it was it was it a couple of years ago for uh, for St. Ellis was it was it Paul Anderson kicked one from the from the touch oh that line? was a long time ago. There's been a few, aren't there? I remember. Sorry, yeah, not a few years ago. Yeah, was, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Um, oh, I can't, it's the Salford one. There was one at Salford, wasn't there? Um. Burgess, I think it was. Yes, yeah, Burgess took one, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but there's been quite a few, but usually that's when they're either leaving or, you know, retiring yeah. and, and they let them do that, but that was just a complete Mickey take. <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? it was... I, I mean, <laughs> I think Hull have got some serious culture problems. I think they um, do. And they'll be hoping that Brett Hodgson can, can sort that out. Yeah. Um, surely, as well, Willie Poaching has got to get this Wakefield job. Do you know he what? can't do any better, apart from that little blip against Lee. Yeah. Uh, last week, was it last week? Last week, yeah. He's lost two out of, I think, six or seven, whatever games. He's only lost two of them. Yeah, they've won four out of six, haven't they? And yeah. really, it should have been five, because this, I, I just don't see how anybody can lose to Lee. They've been terrible, yeah. unfortunately, but... Surely he, he can't do much else, can he? No. He's only gone to Solskjaer, he? He really, he? Has, he really has, hasn't he? He didn't really... Well, I'm not sure if he actually... did. He, has he actually ever said he didn't want the job or anything like that? I don't like think that? he's ever said that, no, but... So, you know, fair play to him. It's always hard when, um, when you see a, a coach leave, especially like Chris Chester, because he, he really did transform Wakefield for a few years. Uh, you mm. know, so to see him leave was was a was a must have been a bit of a culture shock to Wakefield. But Willie Poaching has, has stepped up and grabbed this this job opportunity by both hands and said, "Yeah, do you know what? I, I want it." Yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing some real expansive rugby league, and Mason Lino at the heart of it is just yeah. what an underrated signing he is. Do you know what? Speaking of Mason Lino, he, he got a he got a yellow card in this game. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And for the life of me, I rewound it about four or five times, these highlights, and I could not figure out what the yellow card was for. The only thing that I could think of was that, because oh, obviously I didn't see anything online, I only noticed it when I was watching the the highlight video, and it didn't show too much, but the only thing I could think of was that he was purposely offside, Yeah, and then obviously deliberately stopped the play. Well, I thought that, but I looked back and it didn't look like he was deliberately offside. It, it looked like he just shot out of the line and got called well, offside. Unless, so, unless he was offside. Yeah. And they'd been on like a team warning. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking team warning, maybe just, you know, got sick of warning them so he, he yellow card the next person. Yeah. But, I mean, if any, if anyone can, you know, fill me in on that, please do because I'm, I'm still wrapping my head around <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know that. Down at Bellevue, if you're listening, then we need to know because I'm confused. Yes, please. But again, if we had commentary on the bloody highlight videos, we we might know. Exactly, we might. We might have got an answer before. Um, 
the future is bright at St. Helens, I think, isn't it? Because although they lost 26-14 to Salford, they had a very young team out and held their own for a lot of the game. They really did. The the first half I thought was was fantastic from the from the young lads, Benison getting the first try. Yeah, is it John Benison? I think. I yeah, think it is John Benison getting the first try, which is um, which is good to see. Finished really well, actually. I thought Regan Grace looked really good throughout the whole game, and obviously had a hand in in both of the tries that St. Ellen scored. Yeah, uh, but again for the Benison one, he made the break, didn't he? And there was a couple more passes involved and. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Grace looked really dangerous all game. Yeah. Looked like he was always going to make a break, set something up, mm. something like, you know, along those lines. He was really good. The only, the only thing I really had a fault with with Regan Grace was the, the Ken Seo try, the, the very first one. Yeah. And uh, Lola here put a, a nice little rubber kick through. He basically just... Strolled in. Yeah, he was I, out of position. I think there I, wasn't. I was going to say I have no idea where where anyone was on that one, but he just see he, the ball just seemed to bounce about three or four times. He just picked it up and walked over the line basically. But yeah, apart um, from that, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, no, the, uh, Johnny Lomax obviously making a comeback as well and come back with a try. Um, yeah, and I, I tell you what, I noticed um, there was a lad playing for St. Ellen's, uh, Shay Martin. Yes, who was kicking the goals. And it, it turns out it's Tommy Martin's lad, um, who's a bit of a St. Helens legend himself, isn't he? That's right, yeah. I think he still works with the club. Um, and I thought, oh, bloody hell, have they got another top gun, young gun half back on their hands? Yeah. And he's a winger? <laughs> How disappointing is that? His dad was like one of the best halfbacks that I've seen. Yeah. And he's a winger. I, I, I thought that myself. I was thinking thinking this this kid's got a bright future surely must be a number six and he's no. a goal kicking winger instead but <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen anything quite like that no I, I don't i don't think i have but yeah baffled me that one i, I, I thought he'd definitely been in the uh be a half back at least. absolutely um well you know speaking of um super league legends son Will Price was at it again, wasn't he, for field as they <laughs> uh, brushed Lee aside 42-24 and Will Price got himself a pretty spectacular solo try, didn't he? He did. It was it was very, very good. My question is, though, is did you uh, did you see how he um, celebrated his try? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he seemed to... Um, yeah, I, he just seemed to twerk. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can. But like, right, I I've not watched the the videos, uh, the highlights um, till earlier today, and obviously I'd seen the try, but it didn't show the the, the celebration. And I can't remember who it was. It must have just been one of his mates or whoever at Uddersfield and. They'd like quote tweeting and put just show the celebration. Yeah, and he Will Price replied and just put like loads of laughing face. I thought, what's he done? And then I saw it when I watched the highlight. <laughs> He's like twerking after it. 
I mean, I don't know which end he scored it at, but if he was twerking in front of the Lee fans, that's that's an even bigger insult. I think, I think it could have been the opposite stand, to be honest. That's, that, that might be all right. Then, oh you know. my god! I, I tell you what, it did make me laugh. Though. I was I was in stitches over that. I thought, do you know what? Fair play to him. Um, but but Lee, I mean, I think they'll be happy to have this season over because I think they could have played another twenty games and not got into. I think I, I think they'd have been lucky to win five because they were just shocking. There was a, some of the some of the tries that they've conceded all season. I said it the other week, and but you know again in this one there was there was one where they give a little inside ball and the fullback got caught flat footed, and whoever it was that was going in just pretty much just walked over the line and just yeah. dropped to the floor. I think and it was was it Tra- Oliver Trout? I think yeah, I think yeah, been, I think, he, I think you're right. And he, he but he he sort of stopped running and and pretty much walked over the line. Yeah, just kind of fell over. Didn't yeah, it? and and the other one that I thought I think it was uh, Joe Greenwood who just managed to was near the line and just sort of got his arms free and just yeah. plonked it down. That one was shocking. Where he sort of held upon the uh, the goalpost. Yeah, they were trying to hold him yeah. up and he just got his arms free and plonked the ball down. But, like, he, but like there was it... three or four men there. I was like, I was thinking that myself. I was thinking, why have none of you just stuck a foot out? You know, just keep the ball up. Or I mean, I don't know how he got his hands free anyway when no. there's that many people around. But I mean, just, just, just really bad. Them two in particular, I thought were really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and Derek Beaumont's still taking his legal stand and still threatening legal action. Isn't he? Ah, oh, tell me about it. He just. I mean, he's been good for Lee, but he's making himself look silly. He really. Well, can you make yourself look more silly? I mean, half leopard jumper. Is there anything worse than that? He could say it whilst wearing the leopard jumper. <laughs> that would make him look pretty silly. Do you think he'll um do you think he'll take Super League to Judge Rinder or do you think it's a bit higher than this one? <laughs> him and Ralph Rimmer on the other stand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to lose players in the background, just waiting to see the see his decision. Can we go to Super League or not? Ah, oh, well, welcome back, Derek. Thank you, Judge Rinder. <laughs> Good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, I, I credited like Leeds' teamwork on the on that. You know, to to, to score free flowing tries, but all of Huddersfield just seemed to be the same. Mm. It just was just right with through. Right, we're through. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's That's how it's it. been from all season, though. It has. But do you know what? I thought. I thought there was a very silly incident in the game, and it was uh, Peter Roo getting yellow carded. Did, mm. you, did you catch yeah, it? Yeah. And I was thinking, it's your last game of the season. You've got nothing to play for. You're not in the playoffs. I, I get that. But do you really want to start next season not being able to play because you've booted somebody on the floor because you've lost the ball. Yeah. And I thought that was really stupid from him. And I, th- just, I just a brain explosion, wasn't it? Just, just yeah. completely lost it. Um, I don't understand why you're winning the game comfortably. You've made a mistake. Unless something was said, because mm. he seemed to really want to, he didn't seem to boot the ball. He seemed to want to go for the player almost. Yeah. Unless something was said, but I just thought that was really silly from him. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. I, I thought it was quite... Just needless, really. Yeah. Like you say they're winning the game. You know, there was a 
there was a, a thing in the NRL a few weeks ago, and the, the, the referee was, they were fighting, they just calmed it down, and they, the referee just said, "You've got a lot to play for." Walk away. Yeah, and I thought it was really good refereeing, um, but it's just, just silly. You've got yeah. nothing to play for. Get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that concludes uh, the final round of the regular Super League season, and we we head in the pl- head into the playoff with. Six teams left. It's all getting a bit exciting, isn't it? It is. I'm really looking forward to these playoffs. I Absolutely. Think, I think they could be one of the best in, in a good few years, really. Absolutely. Uh, right, a couple of bits of news. Um, Saints, St. Helens women have won the League Leaders' Shield after a 52-0 win over Wigan. That's a, an emphatic way to... To win the league, that in it over your, over your rivals, over your nearest is. and dearest, yeah, and and they've been excellent all season, and they have. I think they're after the treble now, aren't they? And it, it looks like nobody's going to stop them, really. I I can't see a, a team that looks even close to stopping them. No, no, that Amy Hardcastle is what a season she's having, just phenomenal. She's got twenty two tries in eleven games or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Do you know what? I've not. I'll be honest with you. I've I've not watched a, an awful lot of the women's Super League and and stuff like that. But I saw. I think was it they were they playing York in the Challenge Cup semis. Yeah. Was it the, fi- that the was final? That was so it was the final, but it was the men's semis. One it? Yeah. And I watched her there. She's she's rapid. I know. But she. It's almost like she's not built like a winger. She she looks like a a Ryan Hall or a. Uh, you know, like quite bulky, but she just pff, off yeah, she goes. She's rapid, isn't she? Off she goes. She 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 do better than half them Lee players. <laughs> do you know what? I don't think you're wrong. Um. Uh, also, uh, Leeds Rhinos wheelchair team win the Super League Grand Final, and f- they finish off a treble winning year after beating Leyland Warriors fifty two twenty six. Yeah, that was. Um... Interesting. I, I actually caught some of the uh, some of the some of the game of that, and I, I thought I thought you were right in what you said last week. It's brutal, isn't it? They just they just go. But the way that they the, there was one where uh, Leeds made a break, but it, it's yeah. the way that they sort of I, I can't say it any other way than sidestep. Yeah, and the way that they break the line is just incredible. To yeah. be able to do that is is phenomenal. But really skillful. Yeah, but you know, massive congratulations to Le- Lee Rhinos wheelchair team for uh, completing a treble winning year. Yeah. Um, Lola here has signed a two year deal for Huddersfield as well today. He has interesting signing for Huddersfield. Well, I say interesting. It's Ian Watson, isn't he? I know we signed him at Salford from Leeds, so yeah. maybe not so much as a, a as a surprise. But yeah, I thought he's had a he's had a solid stint at, at Salford. To be fair, Lola here um, really helped him in that 2019 run. Yeah, he, he signed him halfway through that season, didn't he? He looked like a different player when he went to Salford, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and then obviously they made the. Challenge Cup final mm. in 2020. He had a great season there again. You know, Salford haven't been amazing again this year. They've they've seemed to have 
come backwards a little bit, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought he's had a great season, good half back. Yeah, and and obviously the others feel rumored to be signing Theo Farge as well. So yeah, uh, Lola here far that could work really well. Yeah, you know, it could it's, be an it's, sim- it's almost similar to the one that Farge is at now with, at St. Helens. With Lomax is more of a runner, and, and Farge is more of the organizer. It, it could work out really well for Huddersfield. That yeah, it could. You're right. Um, speaking of new deals, Kyle Amor signed a one year extension with St. Helens today. Yeah. Uh, been at the club since 2014, I think. Yes, yeah. Do you know what? I always forget he used to play for Wakefield. Yeah, he, I, I, I honestly hard. can't believe how long he's been at St. Helens. No, I um, can't. But been a good servant to them and, and, and a real steady, good squad player, I think, that, that most teams need. Yeah, I think so. He, he went through that um, that period a few years ago. I think he had a horrible leg injury at Leeds. And mm. I think it knocked his confidence a little bit. You, you could see that he wasn't the... The player he was before, you know, running in really hard and stuff. But he seems to have got back to his best form, and I don't blame Saints for giving him that one-year deal. I think he's more than earned it. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. Um, and a little bit of NRL news: the the West Tigers have decided not to sign Michael Maguire. Not to sack him. Yeah. Oh wow. That's, uh... Well, they, they they reckon that you know it was dead cert, and and twenty four hours later, if that, it, they've decided to keep him on. Oh well, fair enough. Oh. Um, bit of a bit bit weird to sort of announce that, really, isn't it? You usually hear it. Well, they, 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 there was a big thing because they'd obviously not done very well this year, have they? And there was a big thing about them, you know. But it, it's I suppose it's good for the club, um, and Michael Maguire that they've got it done early so that they can just crack on now yeah uh, yeah any bits of news from you uh yeah uh, i've got ben flower has announced his retirement from the game yeah um been a a, a good servant to to super league yeah good stints at, at, at wigan and uh now lee hasn't he? i think he yeah. might have even played for crusaders as well at one was, point yeah. so yeah, no, good luck to him in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ryan Brearley has signed for Salford. That's a good signing for Salford, that. That is, it, it is, but I'm, I've got a question. I'm a little bit surprised by it. He's been playing fullback for uh, Lee this year. Mm. How many fullbacks does Salford want? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, if, if they're saying Sargentson's going to play there, they signed Escaray, mm. they've signed Brearley. I, mean, I think he's probably more likely to end up playing in the halves. That's that's what I was going to say. You know, it's almost like an in and out with with Lola here, really, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Kevin Brown has been asked to deliver the Super League trophy at Old Trafford to see out his uh, his career. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really nice, nice gesture from the league. Um, you know, he's been phenomenal servant and. I think he was the oldest player in Super League this year as well, and it shows yeah, how long he's been about. But, you know, he's been excellent and has probably been unlucky not to win a grand final. Yeah, he has. He's played for some big teams. so he, he's He's been a, an excellent player. He started um, his career back at Wigan in 2003. He's played for, for Warrington. Yeah. Huddersfield for a lot of years, wasn't it? But when he played for Huddersfield, yeah, I think they won the league leaders there. And yeah. Probably um, should have made a grand final. And I think he made a couple of Challenge Cup Yeah, semis he's got himself a couple of Challenge Cups under his belt, I think, yeah. hasn't he? But, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the last little bit of news from, from me is 
did you see Sean Edwards' comments this week? No. No. So he's he's had a bit of a a bite back at Wigan. Oh, has he? And a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chris Radlinski made some comments about how the whole ordeal went down. You know, he never signed a contract, you know, etc. Like that. It was all, you know, he says it was all verbal. They disagree, stuff like that. And Chris Radlinski said that when he when he turned his back on on Wigan on the Wigan deal, that it really hurt Ian Lennigan. And I don't think people realised how much it hurt. Right. Uh, the, the the Wigan chairman. But Edwards has come out this week and, and sort of had a bit of a a bite back and, and, and buried sort of the the comments made by uh, Radlinski. He said that, are you really the head coach of a club if you can't pick your own staff? <laughs> so Edwards has claimed that he offered, he, he told Wigan that he wanted a, a couple of members of staff and when he checked in on it, they'd made no effort into giving these people contracts and practically told him that it was you have to work with the staff that we've got now. And that's why Edwards turned it down in favour of the, the French rugby union defence coach because he said he couldn't pick his own staff. Sounds like they just need to move on from this and find somebody else, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they're still a little bit sour over it. So I think you might be right. Um, is that it from you? Yeah, that's it from me. I think I think that's all I've got. Okay, well that means that it is time for this. It's Bobby's stats of the week. That's right, stats of the week, and he's not on the phone this week because he's facing me. So. How many stats have you got this week, then? Uh, we've got five this week. We've got uh, two from Super League, two from the NRL, and kind of a, a weirdly joint one. Okay. Which I'm quite excited about, actually. I think you'll like that one. Okay, excellent. Well, hit me with your first one. Uh, so we'll start with the one in Super League that I think most people might have heard about this week, but still a, a great start and a great record, which is that Mason Lino has kicked thir- his third kick in the game against Hull uh, was his 37th out of 37 in his last conversions, which is now the record for Super League or the NRL. He surpassed Henry Paul in Super League and Hazem El Masri in the NRL. And yet there's not really that big of a deal being made of it, has there? No, I thought it'd be a bit of a, a bigger deal. Yeah, uh, he, is, he is only the fourth world record, though. There are a couple of other people ahead of him, including Liam Finn and Jamie Ellis, who have 41 each set for them by Jamie Ellis, Hull KR 2017, and Liam Finn for Featherston in 2012. Right. So, yeah. They have 41 each, so he's got... Uh, obviously, I think he's missed now. That's why the, the record's come to a close, but... Um, right. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Jake Bibby is Mr. Reliable this year. He has played every minute of Wigan's 2021 campaign, which that's is 2,000 minutes. Wow, that's some going, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I thought that was a, a fantastic stat for him. Excellent. Uh, moving on to the NRL, uh, this one actually surprised me a little bit. I didn't, I didn't realise that. Um, I suppose in, in two ways, really. Um, 
you know before the weekend how many finals games Tom Trevojevic had won? No. He'd, he'd not won a single one. Oh, really? Yeah. He, they, they first made the finals in 2017, so mm-hmm. five years ago. Uh, they've only made they've only played two finals games since then. Wow! And uh, he lost them. He lost them both. He lost to the Panthers in 2017 and the Storm the week before, and then finally got his first win over the uh, the Roosters this week. Wow! Which I thought was uh, you wouldn't think somebody of his caliber no would only have one. No, I thought that I was I was quite surprised. Yeah. Wow, um, by good. a not winning one, and well until this weekend, and the fact they only played in two. So yeah, wow. <laughs> um, the Parramatta Eels have lost to the Penrith Panthers for the first time in a final series. It was the third time the clubs had met, with the Eels winning the previous two in 1985 and 2000. 2000, what was the other one, sorry? 1985. Right. That was only the third time, so it was the first time they'd met in 21 years. Which was, uh, I thought, quite interesting. Very good. And my final one, and it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a coincidence, really, this one. So, David Fafita of Wakefield finished the season with the most tackle breaks in Super League. He he got he finished with 100 tackle breaks this season, which is an average of four per game. Four per game, wow. Mm-hmm. Do you know who got the most tackle breaks in the NRL? Mm, no. It was David Fafita of the Gold Coast Titans. Was it really? Yeah. So both David Fafitas finished their league with the most tackle breaks. David Fafita uh, actually smashes uh, Super League David Fafita out of the water, really. He finished with 150 tackle breaks this season, which is an average of seven per game. Wow. I mean, he is a monster, though, isn't he? He is, but... Yeah, I thought that was quite a quite a little funny one, that, that, that both David Fetus finished the season. Very good. Wow. And that's that. Excellent. It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. Okay, moving on now. I'm, I'm pleased to say that... Um, on the line now, we've, we've got uh, Giovanni from uh, Team Colostomy UK, who uh, are, are coming off a uh, a very good weekend after uh, having a, a a good game at Charlie. So, yeah. welcome, Giovanni. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. I know we've been trying to get you on for, for a couple of weeks. I think I think the timing's worked out well for us anyway, because, as I say, coming off that high after that, uh, that day at Charlie. So, um but just before we get on to that, you know, we just wanted to know, you, you work for Colostomy UK yourself, don't you? So we just wanted to know a, a little bit about that and what you do um, in that role there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, as right, I work for the charity Colostomy UK and our team, Colostomy UK Rugby League team's part of that. So I don't know, it might be worth explaining to anyone who doesn't understand, but sort of a colostomy or a stoma, um, basically it's an opening on the surface of the abdomen which has been surgically created. What it does is it diverts the flow of feces or urine um, 
there's around one in 425 people in the UK that have got a stoma at the moment. So that's about 160,000. You can get a stoma from anything from bowel cancer, Crohn's disease, colitis, trauma, diverticulitis. So as a charity, we're there to, you know, our catchphrases to support and empower people living with a stoma. And that can be anything from uh, getting people active again after surgery, as well as the rugby league. We do things like swimming, yoga, dance, art classes, um, Zumba, etc. We do a lot of campaigning to raise awareness in society of what it means to live with a stoma and just sort of like educate people um and also we've obviously got a support side of things because unfortunately you know there's a lot of psychological and physical barriers and challenges that some people can face to living with a stoma everything from body image uh not coming to terms with surgery because of the stigmas there and you know real simple things like is my body going to be physically up to doing what i want to do again and uh sort of like a lot of those reasons especially around the body image the stigma and what people can physically achieve is is part of the idea of where the rugby league team came from Hmm. and uh well that that was also you know sort of my next question you know why why rugby league why the you know the the extremity of of rugby league well i uh i used to work for um in rugby league development in South London back in sort of like the 2006, 7, 8, et cetera. Um, and I just had a sort of like slightly left of centre idea in terms of that whole, you know, the catchphrase we've got now, tackling the stigma around stomas, highlighting to people who do have a stoma that, you know, anything's achievable, but also raising awareness and, and, and sort of like showing society and that, you know, people can live with a stoma in a positive light that if we can play what is as you guys all know is pretty much a collision sport like rugby league then then you can do anything um so yeah we uh sort of like put some calls out on our social media through our support magazine towards the end of 2017 just to see kind of what interest was there um we got enough people together to we had an initial game against Medway Dragons in July 2018 and that was successful enough that we followed up with another game against South London Silverbacks which was in the September of that year so we were sort of like slowly building if you like and our players even then come from all over the place we had sort of like London lads who had played a bit of union before but just wanted to get back to being active again we had guys coming down from Yorkshire Lancashire the southwest as well so a, a, a real real mix of sort of like abilities and play you know abilities um backgrounds etc as well um and I think what when things started to change for us and I kind of thought right we might be onto something here is we had a game against the PDRL United team up at Featherstone Rovers in the November of that year, which uh, a lady called Emma Kirk helped to organise. Um, and we'd started to get some sort of like support from within the game already. Uh, Josh Charnley is a good friend of one of our players, Cav Ellison, Tom Kay, who plays for us, his brother's Ben, who was at Halifax at the time and sort of like plays for Batney now, Scott Morell, um, Jai Hitchcock's Ollie Holmes. But then on the back of the game at Featherstone, Paul Anderson, uh, ex-Saints Bradford player got in touch because he'd had a stoma early in his career when he was at Halifax and he, he was literally on Twitter how can I help so I just went wow you know Saints Bradford World Cup in England won everything that you could do in in, in rugby league this mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity with us so we worked with him to 
sort of like share his story basically and I knew Gavin Willisey, um, journalist from my sort of like days working in rugby league. So got in contact with him. His story initially went in 4020 magazine, who, you know, from the start have been fabulous supporters of ours. Through Gavin, it went, then got into the Guardian newspaper. BBC picked it up. So Paul was on um, the Five Live podcast. It also sort of like featured on the BBC online website and BBC Sports as well. And that sort of like just led into our first game of 2019 which was against Medway again and you know Paul's an ambassador of ours now and his story just gave us some real momentum and it it's all sort of steamrolled if you like from him getting in touch with us it just gave us that bit of more credibility and that opportunity to to get into the media and you know we followed that up in the June of 2019 with a game up at Chorley so Cav Allison is one of our uh, key players is a Chorley lad and sort of like involved in the Panthers so mm. Anthony Gelling did a, a really really good um, awareness video for us promoting the game you know talking about what a stoma is why someone has one getting people down to, to watch the game we had uh, Josh Charlie and Owen Farnworth were guest coaches on the day Jamie Ellis came down to watch as well. So, you know, there was a real, real momentum. And that sort of like got followed up. We had a game against the uh, political animals up at Bramley in the August and finished off uh, against Aldershot and Fleet in the November. And then sort of like COVID hit and all this momentum that we'd been building had sort of ground to a halt, if you like, because it's, you know, it's really hard to keep that going if you're not playing for 18 months and you know we were still quite active on social media some of our story the stories that our players have got to tell you know really good we've got guys who had 29 surgeries in three years never thought they would play sport again and there they are sort of like playing rugby league to you know girls who had stage four bowel cancer were told that they would never run again and because of the rules that we play we've kind of taken the best of masters rugby league and then adapted it so we play sort of like full contact yeah but within that we've got the kind of gold shorts that you have in masters which means that girls can play in the same team as well or people who aren't maybe yet comfortable to play contact after stoma surgery can play in gold shorts they can play a full part but they'll you know tackle or be tackled by touch um so after 18 months i think we we finally got back on the pitch again last month we had a triple header with invicta panthers and robbie's Rees, which is another charity team down in uh maidstone and just off the cuff we took a picture of five of the lads with their stoma bags out after the game and and that just went viral you know the engagement on social media was i think our reach across our various Team Clostomy UK and Clostomy UK accounts was over 200,000. And with the game in Chorley that we had this month, I got in touch with um, Gareth Walker, of, you know, the Mirrors Rugby League writer, just to see if he'd be interested in doing a story. It's the yeah. whole, if you don't ask, you yeah. don't get sort of thing. Um, so he came down, interviewed um, Cav and Tom Kay, two of our players, uh, you know, to see if there's the potential of getting the story some exposure that was on the Saturday and then on the Tuesday evening he basically contacted me and said right so you know it's going to be in the Daily Mirror it's going to be in the Mirror online as well the Wednesday morning we found out it was in the Daily Star and the Express as well it um Cav was on the BBC Five Live podcast last week and it even got picked up by media overseas in places like the Czech Republic as well so you know it, it's been a sort of like slightly amazing stunning 
last few weeks, if you like. Um, Picking up that momentum from, from yeah, where it left off before COVID. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and I say the whole, if, if you like, the whole idea of the team and the whole project is still the same as it's always been. And it's to support others. It's to educate people that maybe aren't aware and don't understand what it means to live with a statement, but also to show that you can sort of like prove to people that anything is possible regardless yeah. of what's happened to you before. And I just think, you know, the last week to 10 days has, has just given us such sort of like momentum. And if I flash back to that sort of like dreary, probably like November day as it was in Reading, sort of like sitting at my desk thinking, right, let's see if we can come up with something bizarre like a charity rugby league team for people with a statement and you flash forward to now and yeah it's just been unreal yeah is, is, is rugby league something that, that has always been part of your life or is that something you fell into when you fell into that de- development role in, in south london it's quite funny i uh i used to work at um twickenham stadium the rfu's ground i was never particularly into union but back in Oh, was it 1996? One of the guys on the ground staff there, our name checking, Kieran Ballinger, was a St. Helens fan. And he had a sort of like ticket. Saints were playing Broncos down at the stoop and yeah. he couldn't go. So he gave me a ticket. It, it's, you know, those cheesy stories. But I kind of went down, watched one game. I was like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. And I just got hooked. I had a season ticket, you know, at the Broncos for the since then to 1997. It was... Um, you know, that first full season of watching them was when they finished second in Super Leagues. Like Martin Fire was playing, you know, they beat Brisbane, sort of they beat Canberra in the World Club Challenge, pushed Brisbane all the way. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the start of it, really. And I got into sort of like sports development as a job, ended up um, in South London um, in 2007 as sort of like heading up the development program there, where sort of like a lot of the you know, a lot of guys that you've seen come through the pro ranks, people like uh, Lamont Bryan, who was at Featherstone, at Scholars again, um, Will Sharp, who had a good career, Cameron Pierce-Paul, who's Kai Pierce-Paul's brother, who's yeah. at Wigan now. Yeah. So all these lads sort of like came, you know, through the development systems in in South London. So, yeah, it's – then I, I sort of like left there, um, ended up at Colston, the UK, but that rugby league itch sort of always been there, if you like. And I just, yeah, it's just been a chance to sort of like get back into it and really, really, you know, for the whole charity, everyone who's playing for us, just drive it forward as something that can really, really make a difference for people. No, that's that's excellent, you know, and and I really love the, you know, taking the, the stigma out of the stoma um, slogan, if you like. I just think, you know, when we're talking about, you know, why rugby league and the extremity of it, and, and you, like you say, just goes to show that, you know, people can do anything and, and they can you know come back from this so it's it's really really good to see um now i know you mentioned charlie a couple of times there and cav uh, yeah. um one of your players is, is based around there and i've you mentioned you know josh charlie he's from around there is it is there a partnership yeah. that you you have with charlie in particular is that sort of like your your base if you like or is that just happened to be where it, it, it's yeah, the relationship's just really grown because sort of like Cav's been such an integral part of, of the whole project from playing, you know, and he's he played at the Panthers, he's first team coach now. Um, he grew up around sort of, I said people like Josh Charney, etc. So because of the impact, I think positive impact our sort of like teams had on Cav, um, and of course he's so well thought of at Chorley, it's we've just naturally kind of progressed into a partnership together. So, 
you know, we had a fund as part of the uh, the game there last weekend. We had sort of like a fundraising event. There was an auction raffle. We raised, sort of, I think it was over £2,800, got raised for it. The club's just been, I think, really, really supportive of us because of sort of, you know, the hard work that Cavs put in and the impact that, that playing for us has had on him. Um, we've also got, you know, we've got a really good relationship with Bramley Buffaloes as well. Um, Martin, who's their chairman um, through his company, is also one of our sponsors. And our, our last game of the season, um, an exclusive for you guys, is actually going to be um, up against Br- a Bramley team on November the 20th at a venue yet to be confirmed, but somewhere in West Yorkshire. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're getting more games because... Yeah, it's you know it's it's brilliant to see. Yeah, that's that's really good, and uh, it's quite funny you actually mentioned uh, Charlie Giovanni because uh, both myself and Callum actually played for Charlie as uh, as as underages. So uh, okay, that was that was that was where we we were based for a, a couple of years, for a good few years as well. Yeah, it was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So but yeah, they've just been a, a you know fabulous supporters. Yeah. They, you know, they did a naked calendar for us. I think it was back in 2018 as well. So yeah, they, we had sort of like our charity's logo was on the sleeve of their kit a couple of years ago. So yeah, it's you're right. It's a real sort of like rugby league hotbed, and yeah, mm. you know, we're really, really appreciative of everything that they've done for us. No, yeah, that's uh, like I say with us being there, we know what a good club they are, and it's excellent to see you know the the, the partnership that's developing there. Um, mm. But I tell you what. Giovanni, I will say this, I will throw this challenge down. If you short of a game, we will get ourselves a loose forward podcast team and we'll have ourselves a game against Team Colostomy. We'd love that. 2022, if, if yeah, that would be fabulous. Definitely. Maybe we could take it to Chorley Panthers. Absolutely. So that would work yeah. perfectly, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, with the, uh, yeah that sounds a plan. Be like a homecoming for me and Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, so, that would be. Yeah, uh, well, have you got any, uh, you know, plans in in the making for 2022 yet? Um, there's, to be honest, it was such a relief to get back playing again this year. The entire focus has been on just kind of building that momentum again. Um, but yeah, we will obviously we want to go back to Chorley next year, but also very aware that we've got, uh, you know, Clostam UK are a national charity. Our players come from all over the country, so we, whilst it's really important that we, you know, our our core is Sort of like in Lancashire, if you like, and down south as well in in the southeast. But we're we're definitely looking at um, having a game down in the southwest next year, one in Cardiff potentially um, against a team of colorectal surgeons up in Scotland as well. And it's been postponed for the last two years, but we'll be um, competing in the London Nines as well, which takes place on a Challenge Cup final weekend. Wow. So obviously because of COVID, the last two years it's not. Um, happens but yeah we'll be in the london nines again next uh excellent. i think the cup finals moved hasn't it so whenever that's moved to part of that weekend excellent that's excellent. that's brilliant and uh just just one more question for you really giovanni just to just to finish off on which is um you know if, if anybody is interested in enjoying and getting involved how how would they go about that really so we're on Twitter and Instagram um, at Team Colostomy UK. So you can follow us there, drop us a message, or also if you go to the charity's website, which is colostomyuk.org, um, there'll be a sort of like a little section on there called Active Ostomates. If you click on that, and you'll find a page about the rugby league team, and you can find you know there's a lot more about what we've been up to there and how people can get in touch. 
Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, I, you know, thank you, Giovanni. You know, some of the stories there and where you've come from it is brilliant. And, you know, I hope that that momentum continues and, and, and breaks barriers, really, because it, it's fantastic to see what's going on. Guys, if we can get a team against game against you guys, the momentum will definitely continue. So uh, I'm going to hold you to that now. Absolutely. Brilliant. Look forward to that. I'll have to dust my boots off. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. But no, yeah, brilliant. Well, thank Giovanni. Thank you for for joining us. Um, you know, it's it's been one of my favourite segments on on the podcast. This it's been excellent just listening. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. No problem. Thank you, mate. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye now. Wow, some you know amazing stuff there from from Giovanni, and I wish wish them all the best, and hope that momentum uh, continues. Um, Definitely, yeah, I, I, is rugby league the most diverse sport world, in in world sport? Because in this podcast alone, we've mentioned the men's, we've mentioned the women's, we've mentioned the wheelchair game, yep. and now we've mentioned the colostomy team. There's also the PDRL. Yeah. I can't think of any other sport that has so many different, you know, varieties. Yeah, just an all-round inclusive sport, yeah. and I think I think that's really good to highlight about about the sport we all love. Yeah, I know. I, well, yeah, you've nailed it there, and I know I know that you know there's a lot of bad things said about the way it's run and stuff. But when you when you dig and you look at some of the good, this is one of the most fantastic things. Yeah, that our sport offers. So totally agree. Totally Brilliant. agree. Absolutely. Call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. That's right, NRL time and second week of the playoffs. Yeah. Can I just say though, that is the greatest intro to a segment. And can I ask you also? Yeah. You ever played Knifey Spoony before? (laughs) I have actually, yeah. (laughs) I have played Knifey Spoony. Um, so, yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry, I've thrown you there. <laughs> you I've, I've completely thrown you. You have thrown me. <laughs> sorry, NRL. Um, two NRL. Games. Two games. Um, second week of the playoffs. And first game, Manly 42, Roosters 6. And I think injuries finally catching up with the Roosters. God bless them, they've tried. Uh, and to get to where they've, they've got to is, um, I think, a testament to the club and, and what Trent Robinson has done is phenomenal. Yeah, I think it is. It's not easy going through a full season like they have, especially with the amount of injuries. You know, they lost Brett Morris early on, earlier in the year and stuff, Yeah, which is, you know, a tough thing to do. But, you know, all credit to them. They've done really well to get to this point so far. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't think they've... All right, the scoreline, they didn't go the way they wanted to, but... By no means have they embarrassed themselves. No, not at all. Um, the, the thing was, they just let Tom Trevojevic and a couple of others get too involved and, and, and let them run the show. And it showed in the end, you know, I think it's a, a record for like the biggest turnaround points-wise um, in the playoffs. Really? Um, with them having been, the, the Seagulls being beat. 40 points to 12 the yeah. previous week against the Storm to turn it around to win 42-6 is the biggest points turnaround in, in uh, playoff history. That's excellent. That, um, is, that is excellent. But yeah, they just let them run away with it. They didn't contain Trevojevic, did they? And, and no. that's where it fell apart for him. 
And um, um, you know what did make me laugh? Go on. Uh, did you see the Jason Saab try? Uh, yeah. When he broke away. Did yeah. you see Marty to on the sideline? No, I heard about it, but I didn't actually see it during the game. <laughs> He's practically running down the sideline with Jason Saab, just sort of throwing his arms in circles, telling him to run like the wind. Oh, is he? It was great. It was... Well, when he gets the ball in that space, you're not going to catch him, are you? Oh, no. I mean, once again, just like you weren't even trying. No. But strange end to that game as well. Did you did you see how it like completely finished? Mm. I've never really seen that before. And I think even Tedesco was a little bit upset about it. Yeah. Um. I understand that the game's gone, the ute has gone, you've got a penalty, whatever, but you usually just see them run it in and instead they just... Or at it. least have one last go. Yeah, they just buried it over the sideline, that's it, see you later. Yeah, but the, the other game, the other playoff game, was the complete opposite. It was tight, there was hardly any points, but it was a proper semi-final what game. What a game. Proper semi-final game. Panthers 8, Eels 12, and the Eels just gave everything, Six. didn't they, that? Uh, sorry, six. Sorry, eight, six. I was yeah. looking at that with it. <laughs> sorry. I was looking at that on my phone. Uh, sorry, Panthers, eight, Eels, six. And I nearly said it again then. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they gave everything. And, uh, yeah. you know, there was lots of questions over the Eels. and uh, But they gave everything. They had some great scrambling defence. Yeah. Did you see that Mitch Moses kick, though, that settled the try? Yeah. How high was that ball? Yeah, it was a, a proper floating he, Edwards wanted nothing to do no, with it, didn't and he? I don't blame him. That was no. that was fantastic. What a what a uh, what a kick that was. Um, mm. Did you see though the the aftermath of that game about the Panthers trainer? Yes, he's been banned, ante for the rest of the season. Yeah, for uh, coming on when he shouldn't have. He stopped. He to. stopped the game or something. Yeah, I something don't think it was the, the fact that he came on. He came on and stopped the game yeah. when he shouldn't have done because it was nowhere near and it stopped the momentum. But uh, it's been a criticism of the Panthers um, for a good chunk uh, of the season by other teams for for quite a while now, and they've yeah, been fined right. twenty five thousand dollars. And the the trainer uh, has uh, been banned for the rest of the season. Makes the difference twenty five k is probably nothing to them. They'll have loads of other trainers. So yeah. Um, but it was a bit disappointing end for the Eels. The Paolo knock on. I don't think he was expecting the ball. It wasn't the greatest ball. I don't think whose fault it it was. I don't know. But yeah, but it was a real playoff game that. Yeah. And now we we set up a, a another fantastic what well what should be a fantastic semi final in in last year's grand final. Well, everyone said it was going to be this grand final, and yeah. they're getting it a week early now. So yeah, they are, they are. So yeah, coming on to the preliminary finals, it's the Storm versus the Panthers, and then that is followed by the Rabbitohs versus the Sea Eagles. Two, what should be very, very good games. They could be absolute corkers. Then yeah. I'm, I'm really. Look, I, I, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to this week of rugby league with, with our playoffs and theirs. I think it's. I think there's two games to. Really look four games to really look forward to this week. Definitely. Well, speaking of our games, um, we are into our playoffs, and one of our playoff games is uh, Warrington and Hull KR. We'd see this one going. Um, I think Hull KR have had a fantastic season. They've done really well up to this point, but I feel Warrington are just too strong at home. For for Hull KR, I think it will be a really close game. I think it will be, you know, um, fantastic game to watch. But I can 
I can see it being quite close and then Warrington maybe just sprinting away towards the end. Yeah, I think with some of the injuries, I think it depends what bodies LKR have got. And, um, yeah. But I think you're right. I think I think Warrington will probably be too strong and, and, and will be playing St. Helens um, next week. So yeah. we'll just have to uh, wait and see on that one. Yeah. And the other semi-final this week is Wigan and Leeds. And I'm happy to say that we're joined by our resident Leeds Rhinos fan on the phone in Jordan. Hey, Jordan, you're right. Good evening. You okay, guys? Hello, Jordan. So uh, I was uh, I was shocked a bit then, Bobby, to hear your voice instead of Andy's. I was I was taken aback. I know. I thought I'd surprise everybody this week and and not, not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> So, moving into the semi-final this week, Jordan, you have welcomed back a few Leeds players this week and, and named a really strong squad for you for your playoff semi against Wigan. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team and, and how do you think you'll fare this week? Yeah, I think it's nice to have, you know, I mean, it's four forwards coming back as well. It's not just, you know, it, it doesn't fit a variety of the team. It's, it's four pack players. Um, you'd think three of them, I guess, are starters as well in um, Mela, Tetabano and obviously Oledski uh, and Vinny Ayawa. For me, it doesn't make my 17 this week, but it's nice to have the extra body back, to be honest. Um, hopefully, if we, if we do make it through, then uh, if we do pick anyone up, we've still got King for next week too. Excellent. Yeah. And, and Oledski, I think especially, is because he's just. I think he's been excellent this, this yeah, year when he's played, so... Um, yeah, I think losing him at the time we lost him, at that point he was head and shoulders my player of the year uh, since being overtaken by Leaning, but he was outstanding. He, he just did everything right. The little things he did, did amazingly. I remember a lot when I last came on saying that hopefully he's going to be a future um, Jamie Peacock in terms of the style of play. So, yeah, it's, to bring him back, even, you know, I know Tetevano is our marquee signing for this year uh, and Mella obviously is a, our starting set, second row, but Oh, having having a lad skis back is a it's a nice problem to give Wigan, isn't it? Absolutely, Definitely. and you know um, a couple of good wins, good win over OKR last week, keeping that momentum going um, into the playoffs. Um, but what do you make of of Wigan's farm? Because we were saying before that you know over the last four weeks they've only conceded. 18, 14, isn't 18, it? 18, I think it was, we counted. 18. Yeah. I think I got 14 in the last four games because after playing us. Um, I'm probably wrong. I don't trust me. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think what the key difference I see is, is yeah, they're not letting a lot of points in, but they're also not scoring a lot of points. No. Um, so I, I, I see a real big forwards battle tomorrow. Mm. Uh, tomorrow? It'll be tomorrow by the time the, play, uh, the podcast comes out. Anyway, uh, on Thursday, I see a real big, um, forwards battle and I think that's where the game is is not won but I think that's where the battle allows the game to be won um, I think I think they're coming in and you know considering where they were when we played them and all the talk about how bad they're playing how bad they've been the, the way they've turned it around it, maybe not attacking wise when when you consider the, the attacking players of God, I think they should be scoring more mm. um, but defensively I think there's you, you can't see it. many other teams, bar probably St. Ellen's and, and a couple of others who, who've been defending the way they are and coming off a victory over the uh, league leaders in, in Catalans. They're not going to be in low spirits, are they? 
No, not at all. Uh, so, do you, do you see that where, where the game is won if the the pack can get on top and then allow the the backs to then you know fling it out wide to the likes of um, Handley and Newman and, and such? I personally see the game won off the back of some maverick play by Dwyer in the second half, um, hoping Dwyer, um, you know he can come as an impact player because that's where I think he comes up, come well shows the best. Uh, so if, if he comes on the bench second half and we've won that forward battle, um, even end of first half, I, I see that being the difference. I, could, I can see him, you know, bagging a couple of tries, whether or setting up a couple of tries. If, if not, I think he he is key for me in this match. He's, uh, I think he's another one, same as Alevski for me this season. I think he's been excellent. I, I think he's you know been phenomenal this season. Do you know what? If I'm being perfectly honest with you, Dwyer, he's probably one of the most underrated players for me. Yeah, um, I agree. I think he, the last three three years he's been here, he's done the same thing year on year. Um, I think last year, the year before, he's always been our you know standout player for me. You know the impact he makes. I think he does a lot of things, or he did. A cut, listening to his podcast and stuff he's done, and you know he did them podcasts uh, in lockdown for Rhinos fans. I'm not sure you probably wouldn't have listened to them, but um, he's basically saying the struggles and how he came off the year I think it was um, 20 year or, or 19 year and obviously he signed a new contract and for me at the time I was thinking he's like our star player we need to tie him down mm. I think uh, Kev Singfield and, and Rich Agar sat him down and said these are all the areas you've done wrong and like they weren't happy with him because of obviously I think it was more to do with his attitude and the way he was applying himself and I just think he seems to have turned that side around and he's continuing to play the way he does I, I think he's absolutely outstanding when he comes on in that impact role especially Definitely, definitely. Um, so, saw a saw a thing this week as well uh, from Tony Smith at OKR praising Richard Agar how well he'd done at Leeds, and you know he even said that it wouldn't surprise him to see Leeds go on and win the win the grand final this year. And obviously, we've seen Leeds win it from fifth before Jordan. You know how good are they at, at doing this? They they, they seem to really have this this push this time of year and, and come through these playoffs and you know all that big game momentum you know can can they do it again this year can can they go on to win the, the Super League what do you think well I will say when we did that we are talking past tense with a very you know a, a set of players who've been there and done it before um, you're not talking really many players in that team if any who, who've got to the grand final with, with Leeds and, and done it in the past and I think that experience when we finished fifth and won it came through there because you had the likes of uh, the, the leaders in our team are Sinfield JJB um, Jamie Peacock leading that way saying <laughs> Danny Maguire's rubber as everyone they all wanted to win they knew they could win they knew that you know I, I know obviously Callum uh, Bobby were on it at the time but touched upon one of your specials about the playoff system and how much you dislike it because a team who's finished fifth and been you know average a lot in the season shouldn't be able to win the grand final but the, the I guess the alternative view for me is where would a injury free Leeds Rhinos have finished this year what, how well how much better would we have done and you know if we can bring a strong squad towards the end of the year should we be the outstanding team and win it on the system, probably not, but I think we can. I, th- I really do. I think, you know, having them, them players in the back, um, leading the way, pushing them through, the spirit of the Rhino we've got going on and, and you know, having Rob Burrow at the side at the minute, I think should drive them players to run through brick walls for him. Um, I, I really think that is, is a possibility for us to win. Definitely. Let's get through Wigan first, so I can't look too far ahead. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> One week at a time, eh? Um, well, I think finally then, Jordan, 
what is your prediction for Wigan versus Leeds Rhinos? I think it'll be a close game, low scoring in line with, with recent weeks. I think for Wigan, I think the defence mean they won't run away with a score. And I think our forwards back and the way we've been playing, Bar, Bar St. Ellens, which again, I'll, if you look at the squad, probably a fair representation and probably wouldn't happen if we had the squad we had uh, for Thursday. So yeah. long story short, I'm going to go 18-10 to the Rhinos. 18-10. Well, there we are. And thank you very much, Jordan. Always good to speak to you and hopefully we will get you on soon. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers. Thanks for the time. Good luck for the rest of the pod. Yeah, thank you very thanks, much. Jordan. Bye now. Cheers. Well, there we go. 18-10 to the Rhinos, says Jordan. What's your, what's your prediction? Yeah, some interesting thoughts by uh, by Jordan there. Very well, well spoken. Um I, I pretty much agree with what, what Jordan was saying. I think it's going to be a very tight defence. I think whoever's pack gets on top wins the game. I think they've both got good good backs and good half-backs. Mm. Um, and I think it is a forwards game. I think whoever can, can take control of that wins that game. It, it is a tough, tough prediction, to be fair. But I am just going to... Just going to edge it to Wigan, I think, and I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with fourteen ten to Wigan. Okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to agree with Jordan. I'm going to I'm going to say Leeds. I'm going to uh, pinch it by six. Six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and prediction for the other playoff: Warrington versus Hull KR. Who's playing the following week? Yeah, like I said, um, like I said before tough game I think Warrington will just sort of run away with it in that last sort of 20 minutes I believe um, just because like we've said in the past you know the injuries to all KR and stuff mm. um, I think they'll run out a bit of steam so I will say 24-10 to Warrington yeah I think it might be a bit more of a blowout I'm going to say Warrington by 18 okay but... Um, well, I think that just about wraps us up, doesn't it, for this week? I think it does. Um, very well done to you, young Bobby. Thank you very much. Um, you're really probably stealing it. my spot, I think, after Andy listens to this. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, good. definitely. Very good. Um, and, and once again, thank you uh, to Giovanni from uh, Colostomy UK, and thank you to Jordan, um, our resident Leeds fan, for his views on the upcoming playoff match. So... If you are going to a match this weekend, drive safe and enjoy it. Um, follow us on Twitter and find us on Facebook, both at Loose Forward Pod. And it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me.